This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This Nuggets team to me is going down in history as one of the greatest playoff runs, teams, rosters, wins. All of it. Let's run it back to LeBron James, shall we? Saying that this Nuggets team is one of the toughest teams he has had to face. Whether you watched it or not, by the way, bozos, every single one of you that claims you weren't watching this finals because it was boring and it wasn't your precious Lakers and it wasn't your precious Celtics and boo-hoo, where are the Warriors? Uh, It was on your TV. Quit the cap. I think the Nuggets are forming themselves into a team that can be viewed one day as another Lakers team, as another Warriors team, as another uh, you know, Celtics team. This is a dynasty that's being created. They've got to start somewhere. And here it is, baby. 2023 as the NBA champions winning it all with the best one-two punch in the league on their side and the best player in the world on their side. Well, hello, everybody, and happy hump day. Happy Women Wednesday. And if you are a Denver Nuggets fan, like my best friend Liv Moods here, it is a phenomenal week. It is the day before the parade, parade eve, championship parade eve, if that's a thing. Liv, I have not spoken to you face-to-face since the Denver Nuggets made history. How are you feeling? How is the city of Denver feeling? Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. This is a team, you know, it's one of those things where they've been great all year long, but you just, you know how sports are. Uh, regular season, being great in the regular season is is awesome, but can you show up on the biggest stage? And they absolutely did. Uh, you know, I had nuggets in five for a while, so I was able you to did. cash on you that did. bet, actually, and also just have the bragging rights attached to it. So that was really great, but it is, it is really, really cool. And uh, the clip of me talking about them building a dynasty, a lot of people, the conversation right now is it's like woohoo congrats but it's never happening again and um I don't know if I agree with that I really don't know if I agree with that this is a core uh between Gordon Jokic Murray if if all things health uh stay good and we don't have any health issues you throw MPJ in there once he fixes his shot I'm just not sure that this is the end for the Nuggets I don't think this is a one and done I love what they're doing and I think they're a powerhouse yeah, I mean we're gonna we're gonna dive into that in more depth in a second. But first, I mean you cashed out. How much did you win? Let's 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 dive into that Listen, for a second. You know we do we do sprinkles around here. We got to be smart with our money. <laughs> we just sprinkle. It was it was fifty dollars. It was a fifty dollar bet. So I walked with one fifty. Okay. Uh, so okay. not bad, not bad. I also bet on MPJ fifteen plus points because I saw him get his groove a little bit in game four, and I was like, okay. I can feel it. He's going to have some moments. So we bet on him 15 plus points. I ended up making uh, close to $400 that night. So we sprinkle around here because if we don't, then we get carried away. But yes, Nuggets and five, 150 was was the bet. So we're feeling all right. So we're we're not taking any of our infamous vacations on your winnings. Is that what I'm getting at? Because that doesn't seem like a Well, I can buy us a cocktail. (laughs) And an appetizer, for sure. <laughs> Barely. 
<laughs> barely a plane ticket. Right. Not even round exactly. trip at these rates. But let's yeah, dive no. into this because you spoke about, you know, so adamantly, so passionately about this being a dynasty. I'm on the mm-hmm. side of I think the Denver Nuggets can absolutely do this again. Can they two-peat? I don't know. It's hard to two-peat in the NBA. It's hard to two-peat in sports in general. Will they get back to the finals? Absolutely. Will they win another finals? Absolutely. Um, I think that all roads are going to lead through Denver in some capacity for the next few years in the West. I don't see how that's this asinine take, but a lot of people don't agree with that. One of which being somebody that you uh, work with at the volume. What's up with that? Yeah, listen, I'll tell you something that is I have learned is very, very difficult in this industry is having respect for somebody as a colleague and as a professional in this space doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you always have to agree with them. And I have noticed here over at the volume sports, there have been a lot of takes that I have bit my tongue on or just let them let them run their mouth. We'll we'll keep the receipts. That's kind of been my mojo uh, (laughs) lately as these nuggets, this nuggets team has continued to progress through the postseason. But yes, I have a colleague, Chris Mannix, excellent at what he does. Incredible at what he does. But um, he doesn't really necessarily see this as a dynasty. He's not fully convinced over this Nuggets team. And even worse, he's not fully convinced on Nikola Jokic either. So I have definitely had some beef with Chris as of late. I know Chris from because... my Sports Illustrated days, live. So trust Woo! me, I, I, I some of his takes have ruffled me the wrong way as well. Ruffled my feathers as well. Yes. And you know what? I think part of it is we live in an industry or we work in an industry where hot takes are kind of what we do. You know, we, we, we find conversations that are going to get people riled up, but when it just, when we're teetering on just being dead wrong, uh, that's Mm -hmm. where you kind of have to step up and say, what is going on? So yeah, uh, this is, this is what Chris had to say about it. I'd probably feel differently about Jokic if he had gone through Boston or Milwaukee or in a matchup with Joel Embiid in Philadelphia. I think it's a a playoff run that elevates him. I don't know if it elevates him to that top-tier stratosphere. He answers every question that was ever out there about his ability to succeed in the playoffs. But to get to that next level of superstar, that all-time great level of superstar, I want to see him go up against a team that you consider their equal or even consider their better to beat someone that you're staring down and you're the underdog in that particular series by a sizable amount. In the NBA, you play the team that's in front of you, and they have beaten every team that's been in front of them, most of them pretty badly. If we're talking about where that this plays playoffs pushes Nikola Jokic it's a level up but it's not that all-time great level up just yet I absolutely hate when people do this because (laughs) I agree it is so egregiously disrespectful to the path of an NBA championship Phil Jackson famously said winning a championship is 50% luck and 50% talent Luck meaning you got to stay healthy. Luck meaning a lot of things have to go in your favor to reach that finish line. And Chris Mannix pulling out those teams in the East. Oh, he didn't have to go through Philly. He didn't have to go through Milwaukee. He didn't have to go through Boston. Okay, let's talk about those teams. Milwaukee was the number one seed lost to the eighth seeded Miami Heat. Boston was the second seed, also lost to the play-in team of the Miami Heat. Philadelphia completely and utterly just collapsed in their series between Joel Embiid not being 100%, James Harden sometimes wanting to be vintage James Harden, and then sometimes not wanting to play basketball. 
So if we're gonna go ahead and talk about these teams, let's talk about them in the way that they actually played. If those teams Correct. were so big and bad, and you know they weren't teams that you could take down easily, and that was the path that Jokic had to take and the Nuggets had to take to prove that they are the true contenders, then how did they lose to the Miami Heat, who weren't even a playoff team? Like, it's not, the math's not adding up, Chris. I hear what you're saying. I think you're speaking in terms of legacy, in terms of, yes, Boston notoriously is a championship city. Milwaukee has won a championship. Um, they have, you know, the two-time MVP in Giannis. Philadelphia, on paper, is a really good basketball team. They probably should have won their series, but they didn't. And some of those teams were taken down by a team a lot less talented than them. So the facts are the facts, and the fact is, you are wrong, Chris. You are wrong. That's right. Well, you know what? It's so funny. I, I go back to TCU. I've had a really cool little year here of sports. You my have. my alma mater, TCU, going to the national championship. And it's so funny to see all these Michigan fans, these Alabama fans saying, had we played in the national championship, we would have actually gotten a game. Well, then, Michigan, don't lose to TCU in the Fiesta Bowl, and Alabama don't have a two-loss season. It's that simple. So here's the problem. We didn't have a fluke game or a fluke mm -hmm. series with this Bucks uh, miami Heat series, okay? Giannis could hardly make a free throw. He was off. They didn't look like they were a number one seeded right. team. And then you've got, like you said, the big collapse of the 76ers. Then you've got Boston, who has an incredible comeback. But guess what? You live and die by the three, and you can't make one in a do-or-die game. That's a problem. So here's my issue with what Chris said. Um, those teams whether you believe or not that they would have taken down the nuggets, the simple fact of the matter is they didn't show up when they needed to. And this isn't a one game situation. They had seven games. They had right. four wins, four right. losses, if you will, um, to try to save their season. And they couldn't. So I think that so much of what we see in the postseason is also just that grit, that competitive nature, the ability to show up when it matters most, those things matter, especially in this league. So you also, uh, shout out, Chris. I know we just gave you a hard time, but sometimes that happens. You also have a coworker <laughs> that had some very strong opinions about this Nuggets team. Yeah, Anton Walker, former Miami Heat player, also former Boston Celtic, uh, doesn't believe in the dynasty that is incoming from the Denver Nuggets. And before we throw to that clip, much to your point, it's interesting that when things go against what people predict, all of a sudden it wasn't a difficult path, right? And what I mean by that is, I remember when Miami was rocking and rolling and knocking off these top seeds, everybody said, oh, they can go all the way. This is the team to beat. Denver may have an issue with this team. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. This series might go seven. So I don't understand how in one conversation through multiple series of the playoffs, this is a really good basketball team that is shocking a lot of people. And then being a playing seed was a fluke and they can go all the way. But then when Denver does what Denver was supposed to do, because if you watch this Nuggets team, they weren't the number one seed in the West the entire year because they just happened to win games. They were a <laughs> right. really good team the entire right. season. So when Denver did what Denver was supposed to do, all of a sudden it's, oh, their path wasn't far enough. They they mm -hmm. they weren't battle tested. It wasn't We're selective it wasn't in how we bring up that eighth seed. We pick and choose exactly. when we want to bring up that eighth seed. Yeah. Absolutely. But we're going to we're going to hear what Antoine says and then we'll we'll dive into that. Let's see what he let's see what he has to say. <laughs>
I think it's a one hit wonder. I think it's Whoa. a one hit wonder. Yes. Really Talk, Toy. I think it's a one hit wonder. That's just my personal opinion. They have to continue to add pieces around. The Joker's playing at an unbelievable level, um, but you got to continue to add pieces around around this team. The West is tough. Teams are going to continue to get get better, and it's going to be hard to see if they can get back get back there again. Because now you're going you're, you're maxing out your top four or five guys. So how are you going to continue to build the bench around them and put pieces around them? That's to be the key to, for their success moving forward. I feel like this is a team that reminds me a lot of the San Antonio Spurs in terms of the era of Ginobili, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker. And I think that when that's your fundamental, it's hard to kind of count against that and say it's a one-and-done situation. I agree with Tuan, though. I do think they're going to need to build around Jokic. They're going to need additional pieces. Um, but I think that if you can keep Gordon, uh, Murray... Jokic, those yeah, three guys Gordon together, and you can build around them and move those pieces accordingly. I don't know. I feel like this team yeah. can do it again. Yeah, this is uh, it's an interesting it situation. It's it's an interesting situation because you've got a team that um, I talked about this with you last time that we were here, and we said that this isn't one of those superstars hopping to this team trying to right. win a ring in Denver, right? This is a small market team that is now finally getting eyeballs on them because, whoa, uh, people didn't even know Denver Nuggets fans existed. Hi, hello, I'm here. We have existed. We just haven't had much to talk about, okay? We've kept our mouths shut right. for a minute. Um, but to me, this is a team that is doing things in a very different way. Uh, this isn't a superstar hopping here, there, wherever. They don't have much drama. You know, they've been called boring all season long. They show up and they do their job. And and to Antoine mentioning how dangerous the West is, I agree, but they didn't look too dangerous when they were playing the Denver Nuggets. That's for sure. No, absolutely. And I mean, look, they're going to make, the West is going to make adjustments. The Lakers are not going to look like totally. the Lakers this season. You know, we don't know what's happening with John Morant and the Grizzlies. We'll dive into that a little bit later with Vince. I mean, I think Phoenix is going to figure it out if they can either restructure Chris Paul's deal and add more pieces, or if Chris Paul leaves, they can add more pieces. I think a, Kev a healthy Kevin Durant, Devin Booker combo is going to be a lot more yeah. dangerous, but I just don't understand how we can watch the type of basketball the Denver Nuggets have played the entire season, watch what they did in the playoffs, watch what they did in the finals and say this is a one-and-done situation. And I know people will bring up the Milwaukee Bucks and say, well, the, pe the people thought the Bucks were going to be a dynasty. And the Bucks were an unfortunate situation because they were affected by injuries at the worst possible totally. time, whether it was Chris Middleton, whether it was Giannis, whether it was Drew Holiday. So the Bucks possibly could have been that next dynasty if help. That's why I say, or Phil Jackson says, it's 50% luck. A lot of things have to go right. If you can keep the core together and health permitted, and I agree, they're going to need more pieces. You're not going to be able to keep a lot of those other guys, you know, the et cetera's on this Denver Nuggets team. You have to get better. You have to, you have to be able to compete. But I mean, this is a core that this, they're a dangerous core. Jokic is the best player on the planet. I think you can say that now. Like people were like, you know, arguing that, oh, it's Giannis, it's LeBron, it's KD. It's Jokic right now. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. Let's stop arguing yep. this. Let's get over this whole, oh, he's a foreigner. He's not even American. He's boring. He rides horses. He's the best player in the NBA. Like, can we all just agree <laughs> yes. on that? Like, can yes. we move past this argument? Absolutely. I am ready for that argument to be dead. I am ready to bury it because all season long it has been Jokic is great, but 
Jokic is great, mm-hmm. but he hasn't won a ring, but he's never, you know, made it to the finals, but he's never won a championship. The butt is dead, okay? He's now done that. So there are no more butts, all right? And if your butt is he's only done it one time, where do you expect him to start? LeBron had to start somewhere, okay? This right. is not something that you you can't have a dynasty overnight. This is something that's being built, and I think it's being built right before our eyes with Jokic at the center of it all. No pun intended. Yeah, and I don't think people are I think people are taking this word dynasty and like, oh my God, dynasty, that's that's the Warriors, that's the Celtics. How dare you? We're not saying that Denver is a dynasty right now. We're saying that this it's... is possibly the next dynasty because based on Correct. what you saw, and again, for people who just started watching Denver, they've been playing like this. All season. So this is not a team that caught fire in the playoffs and you can say, oh, it was luck. It was the bubble championship. It was this. They were playing. No, they consistently played. Even when they played at their worst, they still played really good basketball, fundamental basketball, which is why I think a lot of people will refer to it as boring. I remember they said the same thing about the San Antonio Spurs. You're not going to see a lot of dunks. You're not going to see a lot of flash. You're not going to see a lot of glamour. You're just going to see the fundamentals, the X's and the O's. You're going to see a team really go through every possession, every single um, uh, movement possible and down the stretch, they're going to get the job done. It's not going to be exciting. It's not going to be sexy, but it's going to be efficient. And at the end of the day, yep. efficiency wins championships. I don't care how many dunks you do in a game. Dunks don't win you chips. Efficiency does. And I feel like you we know gotta, what? We... Yeah. And and the problem is you, you mentioned glamour, flashy, entertaining. Uh, there's a really great show called Keeping Up with the Kardashians, if that's what you're looking for. But this is the NBA. OK, so I'm ready to watch some basketball. And here's where the problem lies. We have this conversation. I know we're going to get to him a little bit more down down the road in this show. But John Moran, he's an entertainer. But look at where that's going. That's now be, now we're teetering a line of. Okay, this is still your job. You still have expectations to meet. There still needs to be some structure and some discipline. So there needs yeah. to be a middle ground where if, if if you're watching the NBA for the entertainment aspect of it, I'm not sure you're watching the right thing. Maybe turn on Bravo. But here in the uh, the NBA, like I'm okay with you being boring if it means you're playing some really great basketball. And I think that's what the Denver Nuggets are. Absolutely. And listen, if you want entertainment, you have it because we are not done yet. We're going to come back. We're going to talk some NFL and later on the show, we'll circle back, talk more NBA with Vince Goodwill. So make sure you, I don't know, grab a snack and come on back, I guess. I don't know. Whatever right. you guys like to eat, something like that. Maybe some nuggets. Maybe some That's nuggets. That's right. Chicken nuggets. <laughs> Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. 
to move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Oh, I know internally we're, we're working on some things, um, not football related, um, but, you know, Steph, he's my guy. I, I excuse me, I love him. He's, he's a brother of mine. Um, you know, this does not work, what we're doing here, without him. Um, you know, we, we, we wish he was in here today and um, was out there on the field with us, and that's, that's not the case, but I've got his back no matter what. Um, and, again, I, I, I've got no doubts that, that we will figure out what's going on. And um, freaking love him. I, I can't stress that enough. You know, there's uh, things that I, I, could, I could do better and, um, you know, to help out with this process. And, uh, try to get him back here and, and you know, be the Buffalo abilities that he's meant to be. Ooh, listen, if you are somebody who likes to read between the lines like Lib and I do, there's, love a it. Lot, there's a lot there that you can go ahead and dissect. First mm-hmm. of all, I mean, I heard you the first time when you said you loved him. You didn't have to go and tell me a few more times. That seems like you're trying to make yourself believe it. I'm not quite sure, but listen, the relationship between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs seems to be a little bit fractured. There is a photo of Stefan Diggs. He did report to mandatory minicamp today. There was a report that came out a few days okay. ago that they were concerned because he wasn't there when it started. He is now here. It is Wednesday. There was a photo of Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs together at camp. However, Stefan Diggs did put a cryptic message, a little, a little yep. subliminal, as the, as the ladies know. We know this well. When you drop that quote in your Instagram you so story, and you hope that one person sees it. He says, "I just be letting people cap. If them lies help you sleep better, tell them, big dog." And this was, I believe, after Josh Allen spoke about his relationship with Stefan Diggs. Now we know the infamous photo of Diggs on the sidelines after the Cincinnati Bengals took them out of Super Bowl contention and ended their postseason. He was not thrilled. There was, there seemed to be a little bit of arguing between him and Josh Allen, but Liv, I mean, couples therapy, I feel like they may need it. Something's going on here. Yeah, I mean, listen, like you said, we heard we heard you the first time. You love him. (laughs) Now you're, now you're doubling down. Now you're tripling down and I'm going, Okay. Okay. Are you talking to us? Or are you talking to him? Are you hoping he sees mm-hmm. this and he knows where you stand? Uh, Cause if so, pick up the phone, give him a call. But I'll tell you, I, this is a really tough thing for me because we forget that these athletes um, are a lot of what they do and their hunger and their drive is to be the best. Uh, they're competitive human beings and they should be competitive. So I can understand some of Diggs frustrations, I just, I, I, I really am not a fan of this, you know, and, and I don't know the whole story, which is what makes this very, very difficult. But when I feel like there's some selfishness coming out of a player, that's where it gets really tough. I think that obviously, you know, he posted that very cryptic message. I just be letting people cap. It's like, well, then show up to minicamp, tell your side of the story. Mm -hmm. But right now we're only going off of what we can see. And what we see is there was a mandatory camp for the team you are a part of, and you did not show up. 
So it's very right. interesting. You've got people that get so frustrated with quit looking into it like that. It's just social media. No, I'm going to look into it like that because first of all, women are smart. And this is how we usually crack the code on a bunch of BS we don't want to deal with is through social mm -hmm. media. Okay. I mean, it's social media as great as it is can absolutely be a weapon. And so Stefan Diggs can be frustrated all he wants about whether, you know, Josh Allen's capping or we're taking this and running with it. And it's a miscommunication or he's frustrated with the coach saying that he's very right. concerned. Whatever those those conversations are happening on the back end that we can't hear, we don't know. Um, Stefan Diggs, you didn't show up. <laughs> Plain and simple. We're going off of what we saw. It was a mandatory camp. The rest of the team was there. You did not show first day. That sent a message. Whatever that message was, I don't know, but it sent a message. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's breadcrumbing a little bit. It's, you know, it's saying it's saying a little, not saying enough, so you can kind of feel, you know, connect the dots on your own, and that's not cool. I mean, I'm somebody who says, say it with your chest, or don't say it at all. It is interesting, right. though. It's kind of similar, in a sense, to what happened with him in Minnesota. It's this kind of like, you know, subliminal, like, is he happy? Is he not happy? Is he leaving? Is he not leaving? And then eventually he got out of Minnesota and ended up in Buffalo. I just wonder what exactly the issue is for him. Now, I can understand the frustration. Like you said, these are athletes. They want to compete to the highest level. Nobody's just playing the game just to play the game. They're playing to win the game. Now, right. the Buffalo Bills have underperformed on what was supposed to be a Super Bowl team in the past few seasons, something somewhere has always gone wrong for them. So I can understand the frustration when you leave one situation in Minnesota that was supposed to be something. It wasn't that you weren't getting the touches that you wanted. You weren't seeing the time on the field that you wanted. So you left, you come to Buffalo. It's a situation where the team at one point said, Hey, work with us. We will get there. And that was a few seasons ago. You haven't been there yet. I can get that frustration, but I don't know if he just feels he's kind of screaming into an empty room and the guy who's supposed to back him QB one is not backing him the way that he would like, or if it's just a little bit of spoiled brat syndrome where it's like, uh, it's not happening yeah. fast enough for you. So now it's like, I'm going to stomp my feet and cry in the corner because it's not happening fast enough on my timeline. I'm, I'm leaning yeah. towards a little bit of both. I, I, it's definitely both, I think, but I, I think that's where I'm kind of getting over this. I'm getting frustrated with this instant gratification. I want to be mm. good right now. I want to win right now. I want to get paid right now. Whoa, pump the brakes. This is like, <laughs> this is a process. I mean, my God, it does there. That's where, that's where to me, sometimes we get, we start teetering that spoiled brat line of, but, but again, hard, hard to even talk about something that we haven't seen every angle of. But again, when you don't show up, you leave room for a lot of interpretation right now. My interpretation is spoiled brat syndrome, unfortunately. Listen, and speaking of frustration, you know who's frustrating me? DeAndre Hopkins, because what do you want? I'm going to quote the notebook. What do you do want? You Listen, want? I spoke <laughs> I spoke to DeAndre Hopkins last week, roughly, or about a week and yeah. a half ago, and he went through, you know, what he was looking for in a team. He listed a bunch of quarterbacks he would love to play for. I can tell you one thing, Liv, out of the five names he gave me, Mac Jones was not one of them. And I'm very confused on how the Patriots, I was confused on how the Titans were in the mix. I can make some cases for the Titans. I am deadly confused on how the Patriots are now in the mix. I am deadly confused on how you go from Kyler Murray, 
And now you're like, oh, I think I'll be okay with Mac Jones. I have no idea what DeAndre Hopkins wants. If it's just the check, if it's just the money, that's okay. But I was under the impression you wanted to go to a contender. I was under the impression you wanted a top five quarterback. If that was what you wanted, this is not the place for you. I have no idea what's going right. on. I'm so confused. You know, this is again, we we these are these off-season conversations that we have in every sport we've we've had them with the nba as of late of you know a guy like we had the same conversation about james harden are you wanting to win are you wanting to be the center of attention are you wanting to what is it exactly and you're saying that you spoke with him and he was making it sound like i want to win i want a top five qb i want to you're not mm-hmm. getting that with mid Jones and you're not getting that with the Patriots. So now I'm confused and now I'm lost. What, where are mm-hmm. we headed and what is the, what is the main goal here? And so where I get a little caught up is I think that naturally in this sport, you have to be this way. You have to have this mentality, but there's too many players in this league that think they're him. So their expectation of what they deserve versus what they get um, is warped. Their reality is maybe different than everybody else's reality. I'm not saying that's the case with DeAndre Hopkins, but I think that's where we get this me, 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 I, I, I syndrome. Um, and, and we're, you know, again, wanting to be somewhere that, that feels good. Does anybody really always feel good about their job? Not me. No. Nine to five. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, like, come on, it's not, we can't have everything, you know, we can't have right. everything. So again, I don't know what he is trying to, what he wants. Uh, once right. I have more clarity on that, I think I can clear up, you know, maybe find, maybe start thinking about some different places for him to go. But Patriots, Mac Jones, um, I, I'm not entirely sure what he sees over there. And I don't know yeah, if the Patriots I, are just, I don't know. I have no idea. I agree with you completely. I mean, before we move on to another player looking to get paid, I'm just, I would, I just kind of wish that people would just come out and say what it is. If you just want to get paid, get paid i'm not mad at you like if i had the opportunity to go somewhere you know and and, and make 50 million dollars let's just say and i had the opportunity to go somewhere and make less money and maybe win a ring depending right. on where i am in my life i might just take the 50 m screw it i'm not gonna take the gamble but like That's right. people lead with this whole like i want to win i want a championship x y yep. and z thing and then you kind of just do a complete 180 and now it's like you're entertaining teams and relationships and, and conversations rather with teams that aren't going to get you there. So if it's not about them, if it's not about the chip, that's fine, but don't make it seem like it is. And then just all of a sudden it's really not, you know, I just don't, Correct. I'm not saying that's what he's doing. I'm just saying in the conversation that we had, when I spoke to him, I was adamant he was going to go to the chiefs, to the Bengals to the Ravens, to the Cowboys, to some place that was, he didn't, he said he didn't want to go to the Cowboys. I just threw that in there. I was manifesting. Sorry. <laughs> wishful, um, wishful thinking by that, Ash there. That was called manifestation, but I don't know. But <laughs> there's, a, there's another guy who I, the Cowboys see twice a year looking to get paid. What's, what's going on with Saquon? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I was like looking at all these things and I'm like, is he in Lamar mode? Is this him feeling like he deserves more? Uh, I, I'm not sure what's going on, but this is what Saquon Barkley had to say. What do you think is going to happen? 
you know, they tagged the top three guys. We didn't get a chance to hit the open market. So when we don't get a chance to hit the open market, it hurts a guy like Miles. It hurts all those other guys. Um, they put the cap at 10. And then when they have the tag, they have all the leverage. And that's the reality of it. But there is a, bit, there is a personal side of it, too. Um, there's a human side of it, too. Can we talk about the running back? No, I don't agree with that. I think that it's not fair because I don't think Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Titans is a great team, but Derrick Henry's one of those guys on those teams. St. Fran's a great team, but Christian McCaffrey's one of those guys on the team. Josh Jacobs, the list go on and on. And I think when you talk about the New York Giants, um, you know, I think even Pierce came on and said it. Uh, I, I have a lot of respect in this league, and I think that's how it should be moved. I'm going to be honest right now. That kind of reminded me of the Liv. Liv, remember the Jalen Ramsey thing where he says, I don't know, you tell me. That was kind of a long-winded version of that. I'm going to tell you, I actually really loved that soundbite. And I'm going to tell you a few reasons why. One, I felt like what we were just talking about. Be honest. Be transparent. Where are you frustrated and why? And he did that. He said, listen, they put the cap here. That's not fair to a guy like me who's a really great athlete because he is. And we know habitually running backs get disrespected in this league. They're kind of a liability. They've got the injuries. Mm -hmm. He has had the injuries. So I can understand it. But um, do I need to remind the Giants that their quarterback is Danny Dimes? I'm not entirely sure I trust his arm all season long. I'm not entirely sure that I trust him to win a Super Bowl without a guy on the ground like Saquon Barkley. So I really appreciate his transparency. I really appreciate his honesty more than anything. I appreciated when he said, it's also a human thing. Like I'm a human. This is what I like. I'm just talking now human to human, not contract to athlete. And I really appreciated that. I felt like he was very transparent. You could tell he's got some frustrations and I, I just love the transparency, which is what you were just tapping into with DeAndre Hopkins. No, I agree with you completely. And he's been transparent, I feel like, throughout this entire process. Earlier, he said, you know, not in this clip, but there was an earlier quote from him. And he said, look, I understand what the league is now. I understand what the market is now. I just want right. what I'm deserved. And I don't, to me, that means, look, I'm not looking for Ezekiel Elliott money. I know running backs aren't getting paid like that right now, unless right. you're a running back slash wide receiver. But I also know what I mean to this Giants offense, and I want what's due to me because of that. I mean, he makes up probably, if I had to guess, around last season, probably about 40% of their offense, and that's not even an exact number. It might be more. I mean, he is a big chunk of that offense, and I know what's going to happen in the NFL. We see this all the time. The ownership and Saquon, they're going to play a game of chicken and see who makes the turn first before they both crash into each other. But... I'm in the situation, I'm in the the mindset right now that I feel like the Giants need Saquon more than Saquon needs the Giants. And that's not to say he's going to get a massive payday someplace else, because I don't think he will just because the league does not value running backs. And we've seen that. And I think it's only continuing because now it's a pass first league. But I think the Giants cannot afford, like you said, Danny Dimes is your quarterback. Unless you want him picking up that 40% and running for his life every down, I'd advise you to pay Saquon. Because even having Saquon for 75% of the season, 50% of the season, 95% of the season is better than not having him at all. I don't know if you want to take that game. 
And you know what? And the last thing I'll say on the Saquon Barkley situation is this. I think when listening to that soundbite and him talking and and exactly what you said, we know that running backs don't get paid well. Uh, They don't get respected Mm -hmm. enough in this league. I'm sure part of part of what Saquon was saying in the beginning about the cap and about the the miscommunication, uh, a friend of yours, I had this conversation a while ago with Melvin Gordon. The Chargers mm-hmm. did the same thing to him long ago, and the public was in outrage thinking that he left and he betrayed them. And the behind mm-hmm. the scenes of it was absolutely not. I didn't want to go anywhere, but they were not transparent with me about the money that was involved. And I think that's exactly what Saquon is saying. And it almost feels like your own people wronged you a little bit. Like they know that running backs don't get respected well enough. Absolutely. And they basically just said, hey, we're not going to be completely transparent with you. And then, oops, we, we tagged you. Oops, too late. Not sure you're going to make money anywhere else. So you're stuck here. Now you're now you're creating a little bit of a rift in a relationship that I think needs to be good before this season starts. So not a great decision um, on this by this Giants team. Um, so hopefully things work got, out. Speaking of. Listen, we got about a month for people who aren't aware. July 17th is the deadline. So we have yep. about a month a month and a few days for something to happen. I don't think Saquon's going to move his feet anytime soon. And I don't think the giants are going to budge. So I feel like this one's going to unfortunately come down to the wire, but Liv, I know there's, there's a topic you are passionate about getting to, and we have the time to do it. So here we We do. And you know what? It reminds me of one of the things I was going to say was just like the social media aspect of the NFL and what these players do and the negotiations and the contracts, everything is so public now. And Mm -hmm. now we're seeing it start in fourth grade, actually fourth Mm -mm. grade. We have, Mm -mm. I don't even want to put it on. If you don't know, baby Gronk is who we're about to talk about. I don't even want to put it on baby Gronk. I want you to watch this clip because I, I, I honest to? to God, you have to. I'm forcing it. Absolutely. Okay. Watch the dad in this clip because that's where the most concern is for me. This is a fourth grader. I remind you. Check this out. Are you him is the real question. Yes. See, I'm going to punch him in. Punch Ask him that in. again, bro. Say, man, what kind of question is that? You see my Instagram. Say that. Ready? Go. Right, go hey, ahead. baby Grom, are you him? What kind of question is that? Look at my Instagram. What are you going to do, you know, to to stay sharp and keep your skills up if you're actually not going to go through with middle school and high school? Just work out. No. I'm going to get massages. I'm going to get full body massages by some baddies. All right, ready? Go. You want to ask it again, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, go. I saw that you're foregoing middle school and high school football. How are you going to keep preparing yourself to play college football in this whole process? I'm going to get body massages by baddies. Oh my Lanta. Actually, you cannot make this up. You cannot make this up. It's on footage. And he does it the entire interview. This poor kid innocently answering these questions. I'm going to work out. And here comes dad. No, no, no. Ask it again. Is that grooming? Because I'm pretty sure that's textbook grooming right in front of our face, caught on camera. It is embarrassing. It is so embarrassing. I'm, I, I she's listen, sick. I she's mean, speechless. I have nothing. But you know what? I've actually I haven't released the DM. I'm not a screenshot DM like releaser. It's not my thing. I've been contacted by this man at least three times twice when I was at SI and once since I've been at Sports Illustrated asking me to interview his son. 
I had no idea what a baby Gronk was. So I was like, I don't even know what the <laughs> what hell is. What is a baby Gronk? I was like, what is a baby Gronk? And now that I know who he is, I wish that I didn't. This is so gross to me. And like, I started in gross. Pop Warner. So like, I know what youth football is. And I understand it's the craze of it, especially in the South. But like, we're not just talking about a dad, you know, pushing his kid as an athlete and, and nourishing his dreams and nourishing his desire to be a football player. That's cool. I love that. I, amazing. Training him, working out with him in the backyard. That's cool. We hear stories about that all the time. Jamal Murray's dad made him put hot tea on his thighs. Whether you agree or not, that's what they did. But we're talking about a dad grooming his son Yes. To be something other than a 10-year-old. It's weird. It and is it's very cr- weird. Yes. I I don't I, I mean again, you, have a, you have a younger sister as a dancer. Are you grooming her her answers? Like it's weird. No. And and you know what? I think, okay, you know, telling him, hey, no, talk about this and tell them about that experience you did. Full body massages by baddies. <laughs> what? I mean, now we're like crossing a line of like very creepy predatory behavior. I mean, and now no. you're DMing yes. female professional journalism, journalism, you know, people and asking them to interview with your son. I don't know a single female journalist right now that would watch that interview and go, absolutely, I want to talk to your son. In fact, there or is a female, a there is a female, tic- or a male, there's a female TikToker that I follow. Her name is Lacey and she does incredible work, incredible content. She made a TikTok that said her experience with baby Gronk. She agreed to meet and the dad the whole time kept saying, take your jacket off. It'll get more views. Take your jacket off. Like, we'll, we'll get way more talk about, I mean, it's becoming now predatory behavior. And at this point, this dad is doing so much damage to this young kid. It is unbelievable. So he thinks that what he's doing is smart and Listen. it's getting him this, but it's it's absolutely foolish behavior. Hey, baby, da- baby Gronk Sr., if you wanted to be a football player, <laughs> you should have worked harder, bro. Listen, we'll be right back with Vince. I just can't believe that. Massages by baddies. That's gross. Unbelievable. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. 
<laughs> Jeremy Lin. Tell me about Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin and Jamal Murray are not even in the same stratosphere. Jeremy Lin had a legendary Jeremy, le Jeremy Lin had a legendary week. Oh, week? That's all it Lin's was, Lin's sanity Ash? was like a few weeks. Can Putting you Jeremy Lin and Jamal Murray in the same yeah, that's, conversation that's, that's, that's is so No, it's not. No, it's not far off. It's not. As the season progressed, he got drastically better. And in the playoffs, his numbers were ridiculous. And I, I can salute a, a, a player and say, great job, right? But then when we're talking about elite, we're talking about the best of the best, I got to see sustained success. So that's why I went to Jeremy Lin. Because if you look at his career, there's no real sustained, sustained success. Like, has he done it year after year? That's my point. That's why y'all got to listen to me instead of jumping to There's a reason he's not in the league anymore. Jeremy <laughs> Lin had a phenomenal, it wasn't a week, he had a phenomenal half a season. Lin Sanity was more than a <laughs> week. Right. Welcome to my life, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show, Vince Goodwill of Yahoo Sports. Vince, Jamal Murray, Jeremy Lin, same sentence. Never thought you heard that one before, huh? I mean, I've heard of some one-hit wonders, but I've never heard of a one-hit wonder being compared to, like, Kelly Rowland or something. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's basically kind of where Jamal... Murray is at nine. You comparing somebody that's got maybe a hit? You know, God bless Jeremy Lin and everything else, but your boy B. Marshall is tripping. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> jokes aside, though, let's let's dive into this conversation of Jamal Murray a little bit more. You know, the lack of respect on his name that was that was one of my feed items. Put some respect <laughs> on Jamal Murray's name. I feel like we're having this conversation about is Jamal Murray a top ten point guard? Is he elite? Is he somebody who can do it again? And listen. Yes, he yes. had a phenomenal he had a phenomenal time in the bubble. He was plagued by a horrific injury, but I just don't see how people are far-fetched to say that he's probably top 10 in his position in the NBA. I don't understand how that is such an asinine take to some people. To me, he is. I don't see how you can watch the playoffs, watch how he progressed from the start of the season to the end of the season, the showing he had in the finals, the showing he had consistently in the, in the playoffs, and say there are 11 point guards better than him. Where do you stand on the argument? I think that's ridiculous, to be perfectly honest. But I think, unfortunately, we are in A, the hot takes, and B, how many mm -hmm. people do you know that stay up at 11 p.m. Eastern time to watch the Denver Nuggets? That's why they were such mm -hmm. a huge surprise in the first place. Secondly, I, I do think there's something to having a role of being the second guy behind an MVP player like mm -hmm. a Nikola Jokic. And some guys may be more talented than Jamal Murray and may be a number one guy, but how many guys can actually fit there where you're not handling the ball all the time, where you're playing off of a guy who's a hub, where you don't have the entire floor to work with? There are some quote-unquote franchise point guards that mm. I would take Jamal Murray in front of. I'm not necessarily saying any names. I'm not trying to throw any shade on any, anybody, but outside of the, the Steph and John Morant when he's actually playing and, every, and right and everything else, there aren't that many guys left that I would put in front of Jamal Murray from this point forward, especially because he can shoot, he's bigger, he can defend. Like, we saw him defend really well in the finals, a lot better than a lot of people expected. And he's more explosive than a lot of people remember. This is not just a bubble guy. He's better than the bubble guy. And I think we're just a little slow to pay attention to teams in different time zones than the Eastern time zone. Listen, I love what you just said because I am a Denver Nuggets fan born and raised. So while everybody's trying to figure out 
who are the Nuggets? I have been knowing this Nuggets team, and I'm really glad you brought up this bubble performance with him because for so long it was bubble Murray, bubble, bubble Jamal. And what people forget to realize is after the bubble, there was an injury. So I think we would have kept seeing what we saw in the bubble had he not had that injury to kind of put a damper, a, a little cramp on his style. He gets healthy. He has a full healthy season, and here he comes. And more impressively, to your point, behind the best player in the world, he still had a triple a 30 point triple double in this playoff run in this final series that's pretty incredible to do when you've got Nikola Jokic also on the team so he's he's a defender he's an offensive weapon he's clutch which we have found with this Denver Nuggets team he knew how to turn it up in the second half to win some of these games for the Denver Nuggets so I I the, the Jamal Murray slander I will never understand it he is exceptional and it's not just bubble Murray anymore this is just Jamal Murray this is just who he is and has been we just needed to see it more speaking of the bubble let's go to lebron real quick um (laughs) he saw how i did that (laughs) lebron came out and that is some high class shade right there ashley man it was was the perfect she set me up it was the alley-oop i had to take the shot i I did alley-ooper and she just slammed it yeah Listen, LeBron finally answered the question. I think a lot of fans have been wondering why he has never done the dunk contest. And he had a quote out there and he basically said in so many words, I don't think it was something I wanted to accomplish in my career. And I think that a lot of people are rubbed the wrong way by that. It's it's kind of split down the middle. Some people are rubbed the wrong way. And some people say, not really surprised. You know, All-Star has kind of lost its glamour i remember back in the day when you go back to the 90s and and even the early 2000s being an all-star you know they used to play the all-star game like a real nba pickup game you know the slam dunk contest was something that players actually wanted to do it was something you saw some of the biggest stars in the world doing and i think little by little we've gotten away from that and some can argue yeah lebron could have done it early in his career but i'm actually not surprised that it wasn't on his to-do list. It's not on a lot of guys' to-do list anymore, which is why the dunk contest, no shade, looks like what it looks like. Vince, where do you stand on this argument? Now, I'm a little older than you two ladies, you two youthful ladies, (laughs) I will say that. But I remember, Smokey, the days where LeBron was at an All-Star Saturday night and the Mm -hmm. late, great Greg Sager approached him during the TNT broadcast. And he says, I am preliminarily, he used the like wrong context of the word. I don't even think it was actually a word. It was like saying irregardless or something like that. Like look the word up. But he said something like, I am putting my name in the dunk contest for next year at Jerry World. I think that was 2009. And he was saying he was was going to be in the 2010 dunk contest. And he never did it. Now, I don't have a problem with him saying that's not something he wanted to accomplish. But there are two things. One, all the giants of the game participated in that back in the day. And you can maybe track maybe the dunk contest losing a little bit of star luster to LeBron not doing it. I mean, we had that great dunk contest in 2016 with Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. And there's there's no Mm -hmm. shade to them because that's one of the greatest displays I've ever actually seen. But for LeBron to follow into the footsteps of the ambassadors of the game, the Michael Jordans, the Dominique Wilkins, the Julius Irvins before him, like going way back in the crates, All those guys did that because they knew it was a responsibility to promote their shoes. And then it was a a responsibility to promote the game. And LeBron is also, he's also a guy that does not like making fun of himself. Even in those commercials, remember Steph Curry 
making fun of himself in the CarMax commercials with Sue yeah, Bird yeah, and yeah. Candace with Parker. Sue Bird, yeah. Le- LeBron doesn't take himself lightly. He doesn't even want to be seen as low losing in a script. He doesn't want to be seen yeah. losing to Ivy in an AT&T script. Can you imagine what it would be like for LeBron's ego if he lost in a meaningless dunk contest that's just for I fun? Mean, yeah, that's I think he was point. scared. He he kind of remind it kind of reminds me of the the players that don't want to don't want to go for that half court shot because they don't want to affect their stat line for the game. It's like I think he probably always was was interested in the idea, but unless he thought that it was his to win, I think he was scared. There are some people. There are are some people. There are some people. I'll just say this. There are some people who are in relationships, but they just love putting it out there a little bit. Hey, do you like me? Do you want me? You know, that sort of (laughs) thing. Just putting it out there. Like, wait, I I didn't assign assign a gender to it. I didn't assign a gender to it because we do it too. And we might do it more than y'all. So I'm just saying, I think LeBron wanted to be (laughs) wanted more than he actually wanted to be in it. That's all. Well, listen, but last topic on the agenda, I mean, Adam Silver during the NBA playoffs, the final specifically, you know, he dropped a little bomb that he didn't want to take away from the guys playing in the postseason with the John Morant suspension news, which had a lot of people, of course, connecting the dots and coming up with their own narratives on what that suspension will actually look like. A lot of people think it's going to be a hefty one. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 25 games plus. Um, Vince, are you hearing anything? What do you make of what Adam Silver dropped? And I think it's hilarious also how he didn't want to talk about it, but then spent like multiple days talking about it. But I guess that's just what the script called for. I'm not quite sure. He was asked about it and he was asked about it repeatedly by us and his media availabilities. And Adam Silver is a politician, right? So sometimes he talks too much and says a little too mm-hmm. much. But here's what I think on it. I don't think anything's coming out today. I wouldn't be surprised if something came down tomorrow or Friday because they're not going to do it on Juneteenth, which is Monday, and they're not going to do anything over the weekend. Where I sit on it is this. It's not going to be a half a season. It's not going to be because he didn't technically commit a crime, even though he just he the, the crime of being a dumbass. The crime of playing in your uh, employer's face, right? I think it will be somewhere between 25 and 30 games. You guys got to remember, he is still a face of the league. He's a face of Nike. He is a future of USA basketball, and they know he's going to be around. So while you want to do something punitive and you want it to be something that kind of demonstrates, hey, you shouldn't do this again, they also don't want to throw him out and not be able to market him, not be able to use him somewhere down the line. So it's like a lot of cooks in the kitchen that are being considered with this. But Ashley, I'm with you. Everything that I've that I've sort of gathered, that I can sort of connect the dots on, I would say somewhere between 25 and 30 games. Liv, He's real not quick, my face before we NBA. let Vince go, before we, before we let Vince go, does John need to get out of Memphis? Yes. Johnny, I, I I really seriously, I think I have at this point, I, I've been too frustrated with it all. And I have quite honestly lost quite a bit of respect for John Morant. And I think the way that he spit in his employers' faces, the employers that not only put food on his table, but millions in his account. And I don't really care that he's an entertainer. I don't care that he puts um, people in the seats in Memphis. Uh, if you can't abide by your employer's rules, then 
most people get fired for those types of things. So I'm over it. Um, he, to me, has a lot of learning to do, and I'm not sure he's going to learn his lesson with a 25-game suspension. I think it needs to be more severe than that. Whoa. So, that's a, that's pretty know. severe as is. That is really uh, that's yeah. more than more severe. suspension. Hey, yeah, Vince, well, listen, as 3-6 Mafia said, it's hard out here for a pimp. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> Who's the pimp? <laughs> That's for the audience to decide. Maybe it's you. That's right. Maybe Take it's you. Pick. You got all the shoes not, in the background. Not I. Not, <laughs> I. not I'm still stuck on a black a black fan in Colorado. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. All right, so listen, if you are trying to contact Olivia Moody tomorrow, she is preoccupied. Liv, your yes, biggest due of the championship parade tomorrow, your number one priority. I want to see Nikola Jokic on the back of a horse is what I want to see because let me tell you something. He was asked post-game. He just This man just won NBA Finals and the NBA Championship. And he's asking, when's the parade? They said Thursday. His response was, no, I want to go home. This man cannot wait to go celebrate with his horses. So I would love to see Nikola Jokic horseback riding through Denver, Colorado. That would be the first thing. The don't would be kind of what you and I talked about earlier. Don't don't act like this is the first time we've won something. Let's have some, yeah. you know, have some respect, have some class. That would be my don't. Don't be crazy. Whoa. Don't be too crazy. Live. I'm living vicariously through you. One day, New York will be there. One day. We that's won't right. have horses, but we'll have rats. And that's, that's right. That's, that's right. just how we do things in New York City. <laughs> Chopped cheese, quarter water, rats, and a lot of noise. <laughs> that's right. Let's go Nuggets. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.